is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, coming to you on this beautiful Thursday as you look outside the window, Mo, and see some fall colors beginning to creep their way in, and mid-October, about that time. It is, and um, fortunately, the, the temperatures are starting to creep back up a little bit, doesn't Seem like it's going to be as cold tonight for soccer as it was yeah. Tuesday night for soccer. Self-preservation. Yeah, the low being 39 tonight, but the high got up a little bit higher as well today. So hopefully hopefully that'll be a nicer evening mm-hmm. for those of you who will be out at high school soccer games. We've got a lot of high school sports to talk about today, and we're going to get to it here in just a few moments. We've got Volleyball state tournaments taking place right now. We've got it on the TV. We'll we'll be keeping up with some local matches here shortly. One in particular. One in particular. Uh, just always match fun. singular. Always fun when Summertown and Loretto play. It doesn't matter if they're playing in Murfreesboro, Loretto, Summertown, or Memphis, wherever else. I mean, <laughs> and and those, it always seems to mean something when they play. Every so. single time. Every single time. So, yeah, a lot to get to today. We've got Coach Matt Kreisky is going to join us from Centennial High School as his Cougars have certainly earned some respect this year. It took a little while to get there, but a lot of folks taking note of his team, and they've got homecoming this week, so should be a lot of fun. I to talk to Matt about what he's got going on also. It is high school football pick'em day, so we'll give you uh, picks from around the mid-state as well as here in southern middle Tennessee with Mustardamus. Lots lots of fun coming up. And TWSAA, as we mentioned earlier, uh, released their classification numbers. We, we know of a few teams that have decided to move up, but I have questions, Mo, and you can help me potentially uh, just because I don't really know how some things work. And so hopefully – we can hash all that out for the folks who other folks who may or may not know how it works. So all of that and more coming your way here on main street sports today presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint Mo let's go ahead and get to some results and schedules because there's, it's not, it's not a huge rundown, but uh, some important information to get to. So let's go ahead and do it and give you today's rundown. This is the Rundown. State volleyball tournament action from yesterday. Um, Cleveland defeated Hillsborough three to nothing. It was Collierville three to one over Brentwood. Battleground Academy with a three one win over Good Pasture. Houston defeated Lebanon three to nothing. Loretto with a three one win over South Green. Good Pasture three. Middle Tennessee Christian one. Greenville defeated Murfreesboro Central three one. Creekwood in five games down Signal Mountain 3-2 and Summertown with a 3-1 win over Eagle. Girls soccer action last night was the Region 6 AAA Finals. Nolansville 
Downs Independence two to one after Independence beat them in the district finals. It's just that those two teams are just finding their way back to one another, kind of like Summertown Loretto. <laughs> so there you, go. there you go. In Major League Baseball, actually, it was the Padres eight, the Phillies five to even that series, and the Astros took game one four to two over the Yankees in the ALCS. In NBA action, the Grizzlies, despite missing half their starters or more, um, still down the Knicks, 115-112, to 112, but it took overtime to do it. Football action tonight at the high school level. All um, Well, let's see, not all. At 7 o'clock, Brentwood Academy plays at Ensworth. Also at 7, McGavick hosts Smyrna at 7.30, and I guess you need that extra half hour to get to Paris. At 7.30, Clarksville Northeast plays at Henry County. Volleyball scores from today. These are all finals. Hillsboro defeated Maribel 3-2. Vassell Creek with a 3-0 win over Eagleville. Battleground Academy defeated Good Pasture 3-0. And Brentwood with a 3-0 win over Houston. At 2.30 today, they'll serve it up for Summertown Loretto and East Hamilton Creekwood in the state volleyball tournament. And girls' soccer action tonight at 6 o'clock. Holyoke plays host to Cedar County. I'm looking for Central Miami close to age at 7. Also at 7 is the Mountain Hunt Station 10. Time unknown for in the blue jackets at six o'clock. That game can be seen in Valley Sports Cup. At six thirty-seven tonight, game two of the ALCS as the Yankees. Call up from tonight. There's first great win under interim coach Brett Key. Brent Key taking on visiting Virginia. That's a six thirty kick on ESPN. On ESPNU. Troy plays at South Alabama. Yeah, that's at six thirty also on ESPNU. And that is your rundown. On the- it's unfortunate that the better game doesn't have bigger name teams, because I certainly expect South Alabama Troy to be a more entertaining game than Virginia and Georgia Tech, mainly because I think Georgia Tech is probably a lot better than Virginia right now. We'll see. Uh, That being said, Thursday night – oh, Thursday night football, NFL. I completely missed that. I forgot that it was Thursday, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I believe it is New Orleans at the Cardinals tonight. That sounds right. Yep, it's New Orleans at the Cardinals. That's a seven fifteen kick on Amazon Prime. If you get Both, it, and and doesn't necessarily bode to be any better than our previous Amazon Prime Thursday night games, as both these teams come in at two and four. So yeah, it's not been great. Um, go see some soccer. It's. I mean, go 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 watch. Come watch Kalioka and, and Cheatham County at 6 tonight. It'll be good. I'm going to stay away from any Cheatham County games for a while. Oh, I think you should come. <laughs> I think you should definitely I wonder, come. I, think, I need to get a roster before be I go. a little go. bit more entertaining, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'll grab a roster before I come just to make sure that. Come you on know. out. Come on out. Love to have you. Bring um, some hot chocolate with you. <laughs> there you go. Our top story today 
Um, okay. Uh, our top story today, Rawlings announced Gold Glove finalists or is currently announcing Gold Glove finalists. And the Braves have a few. We'll start with pitcher, Max Freed. Along with who? Along with Tyler Anderson of the Dodgers and Corbin Burns of the Brewers. At catcher, JT Realmuto from the Phillies, Tomas Nito from the New York Mets, and rounding out the NL East, Travis Darno <laughs> of the Atlanta Braves. It's an NL East thing. You wouldn't understand. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, at first base, Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals, Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and if you'd have told me this in June, I would have laughed in your face, Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves. He had that just that one stretch where it just felt like he couldn't see the baseball or throw it. <laughs> so <laughs> glad he figured it out because <laughs> he ended up having a pretty good year defensively. He really did. Uh, one name notably absent from this list, so I'm saying. You said notably. I mean, it's just uh, it's just not there. I guess it depends on who's taking note. <laughs> I think everybody in Atlanta's taking note that Matt Olson's on the list and someone else isn't. Hey. Anthony Rizzo and Vladdy Jr., uh, along with Luis, uh, I can't say his name. Who is this? Arias. Yeah. Luis Arias. It's really Arias, but I can't roll my R's. Uh, of the Twins, that's the American League finalist there at first base. At second base, no Braves. Brennan Rogers of the Rockies, Edmund of the Cardinals, and Cronenworth of the Padres. I certainly feel like if Ozzy played the, the whole year, he'd be close, if mm -hmm. not on this list. At shortstop, no surprise here, Miguel Rojas of the Marlins, Ha Seong Kim of the Padres, and Dansby Swanson of the Atlanta Braves would be hard to keep the best defensive shortstop in the league off this list. That's all I'm saying. Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, and Dansby Swanson, all free agents this offseason, all gold glove finalists <laughs> making that money. Mm, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, that, that's interesting. At third base, uh, Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates, Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals, and Ryan McMahon of the Rockies. I'm kind of glad to see Hayes on this list. That's I, I'm, hey. Anytime there's a Pittsburgh Pirate on the on these you know these types of lists, you go all right. Way to go, Pittsburgh. Yeah. So good for them. Um, let's see here. They've announced some more, and I haven't. I have to refresh They've announced my page. outfielders um, or left fielders specifically, and no Braves. In left field, I can't imagine. Ian Happ, David Peralta, and Christian Yelich are the NL finalists in left and center. Um, Trent Grisham, Victor Robles, and Alec Thomas of the Padres, Nats, and Diamondbacks. So, and I guess after the events of this past weekend, the Braves won't have any right fielders on this list either. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I think I think Ronnie not playing all year is probably going to hurt. Um, of course, I don't know – I don't know – I mean, Bryce Harper is going to be on the list. 
just because you can't have a list without Bryce Harper on it, apparently. Um, but after that, I don't I don't know who else would be on the list. I don't know, though. I mean, he was hurt half the year, and he's played DH most of the time since he's been back. Listen, this is, this is Bryce Harper, though. He's the face, right? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Kevin Keneally of uh, who works for the Braves just said, "What on earth to the center fielders?" This, I'm sorry, what? Who? Alec to, uh, Alec Tomas? No, what? So I don't know. Maybe. I I, I don't think. I don't think Michael Harris the second played long enough to really. Again, the Braves had a lot of players who didn't play the whole season. Yeah, so we're not gonna we're not gonna give them any grief over that. But when we get the right fielders, we'll you know. we'll let you know what yeah. those are. But they they haven't been announced yet. So suddenly seems to be a bit of a hangup. Apparently, either that or our internet's just too slow. I'm not sure, but either way, we'll get it to you a little bit later. Right now, we're going to take our first break of the day because when we come back, we have Matt Kreisky of the Centennial Cougars joining us here on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. You guys stick around. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
to welcome you back here on this Thursday edition as we get ready for some high school football tonight and tomorrow. The Thursday night games are starting to wind down, Mo, it feels like. Yeah, it does. Um, of course, next week they'll ramp back up because everybody wants to play on Thursday so they can go scout on Friday or vice versa. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, very limited schedule tonight for sure, but a couple of good ones, particularly that um, Brentwood Academy – Ensworth game kind of jumps out. I think a lot of people have kind of got their eyes on that one. Yeah, no question. No question. Well, let's hand out some hardware real quick as we get to our end to end life team of the week in Southern Middle Tennessee. The Richland Raiders rushed for 418 yards and played a seesaw second half, in particular, getting out of Chapel Hill with a 42 41 win over Host Forest that has them in really good shape for a home game to open postseason play there. They and um, Loretto are tied for second in Region 5-2A with that win, and they will play in the season finale next weekend. So the winner finishes second and gets to host the number three team out of six. So it, You avoid Lewis County or Riverside when you win yes. that Loretto and Richland game. So – that, that's an important one, no, that, no that doubt. That is an important one, yeah. <laughs> so um, the Richland Raiders are our end-to-win-life team of the week this week. Congratulations to them. That's right. And a big reason that they're our team of the week is because of our MTBJ Athlete of the Week, Mo. Ethan Workman, uh, 29 carries, 216 yards, four touchdowns in that 42-41 win for the Raiders over Forest. And he is our – MTBJ Athlete of the Week. Second time this season for Mr. Workman. He's putting together a nice season. Um, in fact, his his coach, Nick Patterson, has started the Mr. Football campaign for, for Mr. Workman and certainly is a guy who deserves a look at that spot. So, no our, question. Our Athlete of the Week this week, Richland Senior Ethan Workman. And that brings us to Coach's Corner, brought to you by our friends at From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. From the Heart Cafe is keeping you fed and happy in Marshall County. If you're making your way to a forest game, maybe, uh, or just to Henry Horton, or just for the drive out there, it's yeah, worth it. And, and, you know, I was through there last Friday, and Renee gave me um, some catering menus or a catering menu that I meant to bring in and, and refer to during this segment. And it's still over my visor, unfortunately. Sorry, Renee, but from the heart cafe does catering and, and they do. we'll probably be doing some Thanksgiving meals as well. So um, be sure and check in with them on that. And our guest probably has a little familiarity with from the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. Certainly had some familiarity with Chapel Hill. Matt Kreisky. Yes. How y'all doing? I appreciate y'all having me on today. Well, we appreciate you coming on with us, Coach, uh, to talk about your 7-1, and one, number five in the state, Centennial Cougars. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I think we've surprised a few folks this year. Uh, kids have been playing well. Uh, you know, I knew um, going into the season this year, um, you know, if, if, if things started clicking and, and we started doing things that I thought we should could, 
could be able to do, um, we'd be able to have a successful season. Um, the guys bought in on our schemes, both offensively and defensively, and we've been able to get some things uh, done this year and, and surprised a few folks. It's been a climb for you with this program to this point. And, and in the region that you play in, 7-6-A, it's not easy. Uh, what do you attribute the, the success to as you look back over your tenure at Centennial in particular? Well, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, either, you know, some of our, through our down years that here, uh, either we've had some skill guys that play really well or uh, we've had some, some, you know, we've been fortunate this year. We've had both our five starting offensive linemen, have most of them been playing since their sophomore year, if not their, their junior year. Um, so the, these five uh, offensive linemen that we have um, are seniors, uh, you know, they're, they're mixed in with our skilled kids who are mainly juniors and uh, a sophomore. So um, we, we finally got a good mix, uh, a good group of, you know, of not just one group, uh, just a whole 11 that we can count on. Um, so we're very fortunate, uh, you know, in this league, you know, you've got to have top guys week in and week out to compete. Um, you know, we've had great kids come through the program. We just, you know, just haven't had enough to, to, to take the, the, the gauntlet of the region. And that's a good way to refer to it, a gauntlet. When you talk about Independence, Brentwood, Ravenwood, all of whom have been to the Blue Cross Bowl here in recent memory, um, obviously a Franklin team that has had some success as well. And can't forget Summit. They're not having the year that they have become used to. But uh, Gauntlet is a pretty good description for that, I would say. And Matt, um, I want to ask you, I don't know how much stock should be put in seven-on-seven seven play, but you guys won the Riverdale seven-on-seven seven tournament back earlier this summer. I'm, I'm always reminded I was walking off of a field after one of those events years ago with Tony Brunetti, the coach over at Pearl Cone, and, and he said, everything changes when you put the pads on. But what did you guys take out of that? I mean, that's a high-powered event there. You guys won it. What did that mean to you guys in terms of what you've been able to accomplish in 11-on-11 this year? Well, you know, that's the main focus is our skill kids. Um, you know, majority of our skill kids uh, play both ways. Um, and, and a lot of them are new at the, at the position they're playing. So they we, we were able to kind of build a build a, a, a group that kind of working together. We were still figuring things out. Um, and then that Riverdale 707 gave us the confidence. And as we moved forward, you know, the next week putting the pads on, um, you know, as confidence in our skill position because uh, we knew up front that the guys, you know, knew what to do, knew what's going on, but we were just kind of worried about, you know, we had a transfer in from New Orleans, Jaden George, so he was still learning his way, learning things that going on. You know, we've, we've moved Dominic Reed around at times, Kanai Johnson we've moved around. But so those guys were able to learn different positions and um, and it helped them out as, as we got into move forward for the season. And it's, 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 it's helped them out because we've been able to move Dom and Kanai and, and Tanner and all these guys around during the year because what they learned during – the summer during the seven on sevens uh, to help us out. It's, it's not like they're going in a new week, learning a whole new position. That makes a big difference. 
It really does. Now, some of these guys that you do have, like Tanner Lee and Kanai Johnson, that those guys are just that they've been workhorses all year. And what what does it do for this for for your team to have the ability to just get guys in space and let them work? Um, you know, you, it, as you know, we talked about the region. You know, it's it's, it's a tough physical league. So we're, we're able to spread the ball around and not just focus on, on one guy the entire time. You know, we're able to spread defenses out because um, we've had multiple guys that, that we play. Um, you know, it's, you know Tanner Lee's not just the main fo- focal point. Um, you know, they have to worry about Dominic Reed, Kanai Johnson, uh, Jaden George, you know, um, uh, offensively. Uh, Brandon Jones has done a great job uh, getting the, moving the ball around uh, for us. Um, he, he's his, He's done great. You know, he's pretty much started the past three years for us. Um, so he, he's done a really good job um, th- this season for us. And then also, you know, our defense has played well this year too. You know, we got guys up front, um, Keegan Scruggs, uh, anchoring the defensive line for us. He's done a great job so far. Inside linebackers, Matthew Rowan and uh, Caleb Workman, done great. Um, we also have Xavion Haddix. Uh, who plays for us defensively, but also he's, he's able to spill Tanner at times. And when he's coming at Tanner, he's a different back than Tanner. He's more of a downhill runner. He's going he's gonna to try to run you over. Um, so, but one of the big things I've noticed, these guys, you know, it's just not about an individual. They, they just want to win. Um, and that, that's one of the big things that's the big change and the big culture change when people ask me, you know, we, they, they're not caring about who, who's scoring a touchdown. They want to represent this, uh, this uh, Centennial School, this community, and, and show people that we, uh, we, we belong in this league and we fit in with, with everybody else. Matt Kreisky, the coach at Centennial High School, joining us here on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. Matt, I was in the barbershop um, on Tuesday. You know, I live in Franklin, and I was listening to a couple of guys talking about Centennial football, and they mentioned Keegan Scruggs. Talk a little bit more about what he's brought to you guys on the defensive side of the ball. Well, with Keegan, you know, he's he's one we can move him. He can play interior. He can play inside for us. He also can play in on, on the edge for us. But um, Keegan's very athletic for a defensive lineman. Um, he, he's hard to block. Um, you know, so he provides, you know, I, I tell Keegan all the time, you know, if if, if he has his mind – mindset right and, and everything's going right I don't think anyone can block him on on, on any play um you know he's, he's very uh, you know with his athleticism and then his power he's, he's very uh you know he's bought in the white room uh since he got healed up last last year and, and you know he's gotten stronger you can just tell his body's changing um you know I just wish he was a little bit taller because I promise you if he was a little bit taller there'd be all kinds of colleges knocking on on, on his door but I'm hoping that uh, here in the next year or two, there's going to be a school that's going to take a chance on him because they're going to get a, a great young man who's, who loves to practice, high energy, and just, just has fun uh, every day. Coach, it's homecoming week. You've got Laverne coming to your place tomorrow night. It's a non-region game, and you don't want to overlook anybody. But there is a four-way tie at the top of Region 7-6A between you all, Brentwood, Ravenwood, and Independence, and all of y'all play each other in Week 11. You go to Brentwood, Ravenwood goes to Independence, and basically the situation all the way around is 
win and you host the first round. Um, again, you don't want to look past Laverne. How do you get your kids focused this week and then get them ready for a huge ball game next Friday night? Well, we brought them in on Sunday, started preparing for uh, Laverne. Um, you know, I think one thing that, that got their attention uh, was last Thursday night, uh, the Overton and Laverne game. You know, we played Overton the first game of the year. Uh, we know how tough and physical physical that, that team was. Um, you know, with, with them beating uh, Overton, I think it was 33 to, to 12, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, so so I think that got the, the guys' attention. Uh, so that kind of helped us out. Um, you know, and, and, and I know they're, they're ready. They, 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 they want to win and they want to take care of business. And then we want to, you know, after Friday night, that's when we want to start turning our entire focus to, to Brentwood. Um, you know, our first goal this year was, was to, to get in the playoffs. And once we felt like we secured a playoff uh, spot, then our next goal on the list was to get a home, home game. So now we're working towards that. And again, these guys want to get another home playoff game. The underclassmen want to get it for the seniors. The seniors want to get a, get it, get another home game um, uh, again before the season's over with. Speaking to um, Scott Stidham, the first year coach over at Independence, um, I guess it was last week, and, and he kind of put it in focus for everybody. None of y'all wants to get on a bus and go to Memphis first Friday night in, in November. <laughs> no, sir. We sure don't. That's a, that's a long trip. Uh, so, you know, we want to, we would rather be hosting, playing, playing at home. Um, so, you know, I know, you know, after, after we do what we're supposed to do Friday night, that we'll, we'll, uh, turn our attention and, and the guys will be ready, um, for, for Brentwood so we can get that home game and give us another opportunity, uh, to play at home in front of our home crowd, uh, and in front of our student section and, and the entire community here at Centennial. Before we let you go, Matt, um, as Chris mentioned earlier in the show, the TWSAA released enrollment numbers and projected classifications for the next two-year period, 23-24-24-25. Y'all's numbers dictate that you would be 5A for football going back down. Do you all have any plans to stay up, or do you think you'll go 5A as those numbers would would dictate, or do you – do you know a plan yet for Centennial football? Well, as of right now, we plan on, uh, you know, going down to 5A. Um, you know, that's one thing Dr. Dyson and I met about once once the numbers came out. Um, you look at the history of Centennial. You look at the most success Centennial has in, in football throughout the throughout the school's history um, was when they were in 5A. Um, you know, and so we're still going to play the Williamson County teams. I've already talked to, you know, Coach Coleman, uh, Coach Stidham, um, you know, Coach Melton, um, Coach Hester. So, you know, we're still going to keep those rivalries and play those games because those are important games to play for our kids and our, in our community. But but there's, a, you know, as of right now, unless something changes, you know, we, we plan to, to, to drop down to 5A next year. Makes Makes sense. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time with us today. We we just uh, – we're looking forward to seeing you guys finish up this season in the last couple of weeks and what you guys do in the playoffs. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, thank you. And, uh, Mo, make sure you tell Coach Wild hi for me next time you see him. I'll be sure and do that, Matt. It's good talking to you, man. Thanks. Good luck tomorrow night. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it, Mo. Thanks, Chris. See y'all. Well, we'll make sure we do that over our next meeting three. 
<laughs> maybe we, at maybe at from the Heart Cafe we, out we, in Chapel Hill. Well, it's funny. So I, I went to that Richland Forest game, and before halftime, when Forest seemed to have their way with that thing, had it, everything kind of going in their direction, I got a um, I got a text. Hang on, let me let me pull it up real quick. I think I still got it. I get a bunch of texts. He, he <laughs> Mo's like, I don't know. It's in here somewhere. It, well, I thought it was. Maybe it's not. I, anyway, it was an invitation to come by for coffee and 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 pumpkin pie, and to just oh. let and to just let Andy Burkett, the baseball coach, who is a uh, level five English teacher who was doing PA, just let him write the story, and so enjoy your dessert and coffee. And, exactly. Yeah, and and it was. At the time, it was a little tempting, actually. So. <laughs> then, it, then it became a pretty good ball game, and maybe you wanted to write that story yeah, after. Exactly, all. exactly. So, although I'm sure Coach Burkett would have done a great oh, job, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill, go go see Renee and the fine folks out there. They keep you fed, uh, fed and hungry, fed and happy. Fed, not, no, fed no, not and happy. Fed and hungry. No. Fed, not hungry. Uh, so yeah, and and again, um, catering. You know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. It's closer than you think. And if you're like me and you can't make Thanksgiving dinner because you'll be dealing with a newborn, it's a good way to make that happen. So they have a website, right? I, I know they have a Facebook page. Yes, uh, the they do have a website, and I believe it's just uh, from it from the heart.com. Let's see here from the heart cafe. I don't, I'm not sure. They do have a Facebook page. They do have a Facebook page. Look them up on Facebook. Give them a call, 931-364-4711. They also have the breakfast barn out front. So serving breakfast, get over there. On your way in or out of Henry Horton. That's it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about these TWSAA classification numbers because there are some interesting uh, – Centennial going down to 5A was interesting. So there are some surprising numbers here and there and, and really interested on uh, to see how this how this plays out with teams moving up and down. So I'll hopefully you can help me out. Yeah, I'll <laughs> see what I can do. We'll be back after this on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Stick around. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama. So other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao Mopatton coming to you here on this Thursday edition. Got a lot of preps to get to. A lot of- before we do, Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, and Dalton Varshow are your National League right field Go Glove finalists. That makes sense. Go Mookie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if a Brave can't win it, then. May as well have a local guy. Might as well have a, a little Nashville love. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn about the process of classification. And I know I've been through this once already, kind of. Um, but um, when you allow someone to choose to move up and play in a different classification that kind of messes me up so tell me if as of right now what we know based off of the reporting from brady mcatamney up in clarksville that the the clarksville schools kenwood northwest northeast are all electing to play 6a football so they are 5a classification but they're electing to play six okay in order to Stay together for a, to create a Clarksville region, basically. Basically, so mm-hmm. the, lo- the longest region road trip is across town, mm-hmm. right? Right, <laughs> like, and, and and you will see a lot of teams do that. They will look at what they think their region would look like in one classification, and look at what they think it would look like in another classification. Now, sometimes you get fooled once the board of control gets together and draws those regions up and you've opted to go up and they don't put all of you together or they split you up or whatever else it is. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a flying blind once you choose to do that, because even though it looks like it makes sense, it may not. And it does say in this, it says factors considered in alignment process, geographic proximity, Political boundaries avoid unnaturally splitting schools that share a common city, county, or school district. So you would expect that if you went up. You would expect (laughs) that. But I've also. You never know. You don't because I saw Williamson County get split a few years back in a classification process. Despite everybody's best attempts to keep them together. Like it is now. Yeah. For football. So. Those three schools moving up, does that push schools down? No. So you could conceivably have 89 schools in 6A and 82 schools in 5A. Right. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else is – they don't don't recede. It's interesting. I I, I don't know that I like that, but I also don't know that I hate it either. Um, I don't – I don't think another school should be affected by somebody else's decision to move up. Uh, it would, I guess it would only help most of those schools. Cause you not would- necessarily though. I mean, depending it on again, travel and that type thing. Right. And who you would be. And you can't know until you know, exactly. You can't, know that there's going to be 14 say there's five teams move up you don't know that if you're one of the bottom five schools 
you might want to be in that classification. And so, so nobody will move down. It won't push anybody. No, down. nobody okay. will move down. Well, that makes things a little bit simpler mm -hmm. if you're looking at it currently. Right. Uh, it looks like in football, the only, and I've not, um, I've not really dove into and digested this on a large scale, but in our coverage area here for Main Street Murray, the only team that will be in a different classification going forward is Richland, who we'll goes to 1A. And they they kind of they kind of hit the jackpot Richland did in that they're moving down and Fayetteville is moving, moving up. up. Yep. <laughs> And you can just kind of plug Fayetteville into that region if you wanted to, or you can send Fayetteville East. Your choice, T.W.S.T.A. boy. I can tell you what Mount Pleasant, Loretto, Forest. They're all voting for the other direction. Yeah. Go that way. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much change in southern Middle Tennessee unless someone was to try to move up. So it does appear – and I, I mean, football wise, football wise in class, in class five, a, it's certainly going to be a positive for the Southern middle Tennessee area, because you get a lot of familiar schools. Oh, well, it's, I guess it depends on how you define positive because Lawrence County is going to be the second smallest five, a, school for football next year um but playing, only glencliff will be smaller so lawrence county is moving out of that nine team region five four a yeah where they don't have they don't have to play marshall county and pearl cone anymore <laughs> oh, yeah but they're probably gonna have to play page and lincoln county and and some of those folks potentially so and that was kind of my thought was is you know if you do Middle Tennessee, are you going to have one eight-team region and one nine-team region? Because there's 17 Middle Tennessee schools by my count. Or Then I would imagine you will. Would you have three and three. go? I, 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 I guess it depends on what your regions look like east and west. I think, and that's yeah. kind of what you get into there. Dixon uh, County could end up going to – Henry County, mm -hmm. potentially. Well, which is nothing new for Dixon County, if right. that were the case. So Dixon County's coming down. I, I, again, I've not, I've not digested yeah, this I, on I'm a just, large scale. Again, this is just, yes, they come back down to six to 5A. I'm, I, I'm just trying to think about this in a, in a Middle Tennessee sense. If there are, it's a weird number of schools. 17 is a weird number. And again, you could go 8-9 or you could go... Six five six six five yeah. or or something like that, but it, it depends on. It's just going to depend on what you've got numbers. on either ends as to whether you could make Middle Tennessee a two region area or a three region area. I, I would think that if it's possible to make three regions out of it, that would be the preference for those teams because that gives them a little bit more flexibility in scheduling. Because again, we've seen region five, four, a with that nine team region, they get two 
non-region games and then everything else is region so it, it's it's tough to kind of maintain some natural rivalries and that kind of thing right you know marshall county has had to drop a couple of games that they would probably have preferred to play and over Glencliff and hunters lane or not hunters lane but hillsboro i mean that's not that's not a team that they feel like okay we're gonna get good gates out of this we'd much rather play forest or something, something like that, like that. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I just think i think you could very well see lawrence county in there with the old eight triple a shelbyville lincoln county columbia lawrence county franklin county maybe spring hill we'll see i i, I have to i have to or beg it, ignorance there because it, it sounds like you have a lot better feel for who's in 5a than i do but well is shelbyville coming down shelbyville is back in 5a as well shelbyville is the second, second largest, largest school in 5a behind oak oh, ridge yep Hendersonville is coming back down. Beach is coming back down. See, that's the thing is you make a north region with Hendersonville, Beach, Springfield, Henry County, maybe Dixon Hunters County. Lane. Hunters Lane is in there potentially. Overton is in there. Overton, Glencliff, if you go that way. Mm -hmm. Or Overton and Glencliff are in with Page, Nolansville, Dixon County, and 840 is your split. Mm -hmm. Depends on where you split it. And it's really interesting to kind of – to kind of see this in 5A, but you also see it in 4A too. You know, in 4A, there's just not a lot of Middle Tennessee schools. Right. So they kind of get screwed <laughs> because you have to travel. If you're Creekwood, you know. You're going to have to travel somewhere, either east or west. And it's and it's not, I mean, Mo, I'm, I'm looking at, at class 4A right now and White County Station Camp Montgomery Central and Creekwood. Now you've also got Greenbrier, White House, Marshall County, and DeKalb in 4A. But all of those schools are so far apart. <laughs> yeah. You just get absolutely you're it's a it's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. And, and, and I don't I don't you, envy these guys. Up. <laughs> you, you you need to go to the board of control meeting. Like I, you you really do because it's fascinating. This would be and, and this would be fun to see. It, it's fascinating and technology has really changed the way a lot of it goes down. But literally, you know, Ron, Ronnie Carter would would refer to dots on a map because right. that's what they would do. They would take little um. You know the colored thumbtacks, like we and, did, <laughs> and put them and put them on a map and show you this is where the schools are, and this, this is, is how we're going to draw the regions. Now, with the ultra talented um, Bradley Bradley Lambert, who can move a school from one region to another and and show you everybody's travel decreases in an instant. Yeah, how it how it changes. Yeah. Um, They've come a long way with that kind of thing. But that's still kind of what it comes back down to when it's all said and done is dots on a map. You're looking at who's where and what regions make the most sense, theoretically. And it's it's fascinating. What do you expect ProCon to do? Uh, I, I think ProCon is going to look at what Alcoa is doing and do the opposite. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, and that's that's a part of it too, you know, because Pearl Cone would be a 3A school, but, you know, potentially go into up to 4A, mm-hmm. and they at least add somebody to that 4A mix in Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. but it they still end up in this travel situation that is almost impossible to deal with. I, I think they'd rather travel than they, play Alcoa in the first weekend in December, and, and they can – you know, they can or play East Nashville for the chance to play because <laughs> they didn't beat East Nashville this year. So, Take you know, chances. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And, and then, like you said, two way, it's pretty much exactly what the, we're, yeah, what, it's you might see quo. East Tech, you might see East Tickman come this way. And if Fayetteville goes East to replace that Richland, that would be interesting. Uh, potentially, but that's that's about it. Um, just not a lot there. And <clears throat> class one A, we don't really have a much to deal with in that regard. Now, what you needn't do, Mister Yao, is make the mistake that so many other people make and make this a strictly football discussion. Well, and that's because the thing because the 4A basketball, baseball, softball discussion is really heated around here right now thanks to Spring Hill. You know, and, and it's going to be the lead on the article that I'm going to write here in the next 48 hours. No matter how many classes you have, somebody has to be the smallest school in that class. Congratulations to Spring Hill. And and here's the thing, the twelve hundred mark. That that's that's where it sits. And, and and what what you might see lose, what you might lose in this is that Battle Creek is going to open in the next two years. And Spring Hill's gonna lose about half of those kids. But the good thing <laughs> in the, one year. The good thing is this is only a two year classification period. Right. This is only 23, 24, and 24, 25 because they, they have been four-year classification cycles and they've allowed you to revisit after two years. But, um, yeah, as of right now, Spring Hill with an enrollment figure that they turned in of 1206 is the smallest – for a school for boys and girls basketball, baseball, and softball. And they and Lincoln Lincoln County is the third smallest. Yeah, I was gonna say Lincoln they and Lincoln County kind of throw a wrench into everything, specifically Lincoln County, because they are alone. I and, mean they are on an island. And and it well that's the same island that Henry County has been on for 30 years. And they're like, we so, don't care. We, yeah, yeah. we spare we're, us your island. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're not trying to hear it up here in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Spring Hill gets lumped in with the Williamson County schools or if Spring Hill, Columbia Central, and Lincoln County somehow form some sort of a end up with page and they are going to try not to split Williamson County. I would think. 
but you could you go hope. you could go dixon county columbia central spring hill lincoln county god that trip from dixon county to lincoln county you have to leave the day before hey. get a hotel uh, seriously like I, I know i know and it's unfortunate that that's but, but i mean so you can't let me ask fix you this geography the but schools are where they are you can though you can manipulate it with the number of classifications They've already added a fourth class. What do you want to do? Take it away, as they should. Because <laughs> there shouldn't be four classes. Uh, that's and that's. I think that's a lot of folks' argument right now because they tabled that discussion. You know, we had we we talked about what they were going to do with mm -hmm. and how they were going to make that swing work. I am curious to I see. I just don't think that genie's going back in that bottle. I think you've got too many basketball people specifically that say you've got six D1 championships in in football. We want more than three. And it's well, I mean, why do you have two championships in football for everyone in basketball? And, and, and the basketball argument is it's, harder to win a basketball championship than it is a football championship because you only need seven seven players mm -hmm. really you know and so I, I get that look the problem is making it about basketball and not thinking about the the geography of the situation and and where the geography particularly comes into the situation for basketball baseball and softball is you've got midweek travel that's the thing with school the next day. Dixon County can't go or vice versa to Lincoln County. And I mean, Lincoln County. And then get gonna, up and go to class on Wednesday. Lincoln County's going to have to go across game. the mountain. They're going to have to go east in that particular situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. But here's the thing is there's not really much you can do except for if you do the small 1A, the small 4A, huge 2A, 3A. That's how you manipulate it. And I think I think when they get there on Tuesday or whenever they have this meeting, then they'll come out with the they'll announce the regions uh, and alignments in November, the second week of November. Uh, that will kind of help make the decision for some of these folks as to what to do with class 1a and class 4a mm -hmm. and I, and if 4a doesn't go back in the bottle which and, and i agree with you it's not going to i still think the better option is to decrease the go number of unbalanced. schools yep go unbalanced in one and four and make two and three similar sized with with more schools so there you go. That board of control meeting is the Thursday before Thanksgiving. It is November 17th. Of course, I won't be there. No, Jeez. You, no you won't be there. You'll be a little busy then. But That's um, unfortunate. It will be it'll be standing room only. <laughs> and there's gonna be some noise. It, Either way. You know, it, it will be the most attended board of control meeting of the year oh no question yeah so we're going to take a quick break but before we do summertown currently leading loretto 22 to 19 in the first game of or our first set, set first set of five who knows <laughs> probably uh, 
<laughs> so we'll be back here on Main Wait Street minute, Sports no, today. Who, who is who? I Why are they both I, wearing white? Okay, Loretto is on the right. So the Summertown Loretto is flipped on the bottom. Does that make sense? How did it happen? Do you see? You see? You can see Andrea over here on the. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely Andrea. Okay. Pretty obvious once you see the coaches, but the 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 scoreboard is wrong if you're watching NFHS. So you just gotta kind of keep up with that. But yeah, twenty three nineteen right now. Summertown in number set number one. It's a tip, so it looks like twenty four (laughs) nineteen. And we'll be right back here on Main Street Sports. Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. I got a DUI. Mom, Dad. Why didn't you just call someone for a ride? I wasn't thinking ahead. I didn't think I was going to get caught. Yeah, my best friend Tim. Still coming to my bachelor party next month? This DUI cost me 10 grand, so no. Yeah, you, in the back. Did you know I almost died when you hit me? I didn't think this would affect so many people. You think it was worth it? No, no, No more questions. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mo, I found this on ESPN, and I wanted to get into it because I thought it was interesting. Uh, Just for the record, though, Summertown has defeated Loretto 25-21 in game number one. 25-20. Sorry, 25-20 to win game number one. Uh, First-year coaches, halfway through the season, Getting a report card. That's fine. Like, I can see, okay, what have you done with what what you were left, et cetera. I wish I could go back and find Brian Harson's midseason report card from last year. <laughs> I'm curious just what other people thought because, I mean, halfway through the year last year, they were talking about firing him. And little has changed. And much, yeah, much and nothing has changed. Uh, more things change them, more, more they stay the same. But I, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on who you think has been the best first year coach. Wow. Because I, I mean, off the top, Sonny Dykes at TCU seems to be the obvious choice. I would right? think that would be the obvious choice, but I know that I'm probably missing some first year coaches. Let's uh, let's just go through yeah. let's go through some have, of some of them. Okay. Sonny Dykes at TCU, mm-hmm. John Sumrot Troy, Lincoln Riley, uh Kalen DeBoer at Washington, at Washington, Clay Helton, uh Mike Elko at Duke, Duke. Dan Lanning, uh Joey McGuire at Texas Tech, Jim Mora. <laughs> Forgot he was coach there, right? Brian Kelly, of course. Uh, Jake Dickert at Washington State. Didn't know that Washington State had a new coach. but Oh, yeah, because remember the old one, there were. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got, yeah. Vaccination issues. He, yeah, um, he got. Nick Rolovich. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Timmy Chang, Billy Napier. It's not him. Rhett Lashley. Where is he? Uh, he is at SMU. He took okay. over four dykes. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Kill at New Mexico State, who was 
the interim coach for TCU last year. Uh, Stan Drayton at Temple. Sonny Cumbie at La Tech. They're currently two and four. Of course, they were three and nine last year. I don't know if this counts, but Jeff Tedford back at Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the meet the new coach, same as the old coach. Yeah. Um, Marcus Freeman, Mario Cristobal, Brent Pride, Joe Moorhead at Akron. That guy can Now, kick do rocks. the interim coaches count as first-year coaches? Brent Venables. Oof. Uh, Tony it's, Elliott. It's almost Sonny Dykes by default. Jay Norvell. Yeah, I mean, the only other one who's been anywhere decent, I think I think you could go Mike Elko at Duke. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a good job, obviously, under uh, – and then Kalen DeBoer at Washington has them five they, and two. They've he was, been better than expected. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dan Lanning, if you take out the, the, Georgia, game? the Georgia game – and look, you can take out the Georgia game. That's – those season opening games for folks like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, mm-hmm. they're almost unfair. <laughs> Giving those Give guys that much time, eight months to prepare. I mean, really, it's almost unfair. Um, I mean, heck, Jim Mora's three and five at UConn. They were one and eleven overall last year. They played eight games. But- that's well, I mean, you know, most people have played seven. I said, well, and, and I mean, I guess if you're UConn, you try to get them played as early as possible because yeah, you again, take you take winter is coming, you take that break, yeah, late when it's you know, real warm, real cold outside. Um, yeah, I, I just I think it is, it's got to be either DeBoer or Sonny Dykes, who's six and oh. After five and seven TCU last year, so UConn lost to Utah State. They beat Central Connecticut State. <laughs> Who? Mm-hmm. Lost to Syracuse. Lost to Michigan. Lost Everybody's to done NC that. State. They beat Jeff Tedford and Fresno nineteen fourteen <laughs> a couple of uh, this two weeks ago. And then they beat FIU 33-12 last weekend. Well, FIU has still yet to win an FBS game in about 40 tries. I'm sorry, two weekends ago. Um, UConn lost to Ball State 25-21 this past Saturday. Eric, finish up with um, Boston College, UMass, Liberty, and Army. You think they win any of those? Maybe UMass. They'll definitely beat UMass. Boston College is good. Mm-hmm. Army, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but no. So, maybe so, maybe two if they're lucky. So if he finishes five and seven, though, that's a pretty good year. Yeah, for UConn. I mean, four and eight is pretty good for after going one and 11 and being so bad. Right. right. So, yeah. I, I think Jim Moore is in the conversation, but uh, I still don't think he's done a better job than five and seven TCU going to six and zero oh and ranked in the top ten with Sonny Cumbie. Mm. Um, Sonny Dykes. I'm sorry, Sonny Dykes. Sonny Cumbie at La Tech is right. keeping pace with his predecessor, um, and not doing great. How do you feel about Rhett Lashley? They're three and three right now. They were eight and four. SMU was like ranked in the top twenty five at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's last why. Year. That's why so many people were so. 
puzzled by Sonny Dykes leaving. And yet, it worked out. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Well, it seems to. It almost it it almost feels like it's worked out for everyone. Um, the only FBS wins SMU has currently is over Navy, who is two and three on the year. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean Jeff Tedford. Do you think he can bring them back, or is it? Tell you who hopes he can't bring them back is Trent Dilfer. Let me let me ask you this, and and because there's a se- there are several coaches who are back at their old stomping grounds, you know that San Diego State, Brady Hoke, Brady Hoke, uh, Jeff Tedford. Can you recreate that magic from from before, or are you kind of? not necessarily trying to prove yourself the way you were before you got the big job. That's Greg Schiano. It's clearly not working, right? I, I, don't, I don't know that you can. And I think the situations change once you make that climb and hit the big time there the first time. I, I, because I think the expectations change. change. Everybody thinks – you know, never mind that the program has slid again and that the dynamics of college football have changed. They expect Completely. you to be able to come back and recreate it, and I'm not sure that you can. It's, it, it's not the same envi- It's not the same landscape. I, I would 100% agree. And that that it's a different game now. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got. But but folks stay trying though, like you said. <laughs> Well, I mean, if if you are that school and you're willing to just accept that, if you're okay with being okay, okay, be okay with being okay, then yeah, I think that's great, and I think that gives these coaches an opportunity to say, "Listen, you know, let me just do it this way, do it my way, and and, and not feel pressure to be." in year one, what I was in year five, the first, the first time around. Time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm looking at a tweet. It's 19 hours old. It's from yesterday. Um, at Stephen knows ball, which I don't know who Stephen is or what he knows about ball, to be honest, but he's well, just right saying, there in the name. He knows ball. Whatever. Hendon Hooker is older than Lamar Jackson, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jake Fromm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Which we, is why we were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago that NFL scouts, talent evaluators, whatever, are concerned with Hendon Hooker's advanced age as they consider his NFL prospects. But why? And I don't understand that. Jordan Reed, his he puts he put out his gra- his draft board for quarterbacks today. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and then Hendon Hooker. Five SEC quarterbacks. About oh, four. Four. CJ Stroud. Okay, yeah. Okay, so that was Okay, five quarterbacks. Four of the five. I thought you named six. My bad. Oh, okay. okay. No, those are his so, five. Okay, so you named five quarterbacks, and four of them are from the SEC. 
And, and Hendon Hooker is one of them. And Anthony Richardson is third, while Hendon Hooker is fifth. Wow. And the only because thing Because Hendon Hooker's so dang old. I the guess. only thing Anthony Richardson has on Hooker is age. I, I don't understand I don't understand what the hang up is. Why does that there? matter? I don't know. I'd love to I'd love to talk to somebody and, and have someone explain it to me like I'm a kindergartner, why that matters. It, he's twenty four, right? He's it, he'll be twenty five by the end of the, by draft. But but still but still, I, I, I mean, it's not like he's got a bunch of miles on him. One, he never gets hit because Tennessee is really good at keeping him upright. Two, even when he did play at Virginia Tech, it wasn't a whole lot. Well, obviously, because he left. And I understand that he plays in a system. He's probably a system quarterback. I get that. But in the NFL, there are a lot of guys that have been system quarterbacks in college that have gone on and had some success. Sure. At the professional level. Now, the one thing that I did read that kind of made sense to me is UT's offense really spreads you out and spreads the receivers out. And as a result, they get a lot of one on ones and that kind of thing that he's not necessarily going to have the opportunity to work with at the NFL level. And I get that, but that's not an age thing. That's a that's, scheme thing. Sure. That that's, is he good enough to read a profession, a pro style defense and is in he, a pro and, style and offense? Is he good enough to fit balls in, in tighter coverage than he's seeing. But if he can't, Anthony Richardson sure as hell can't. <laughs> And that's my biggest I, I, problem. I don't I don't understand where the difference is there. I don't understand what the infatuation is with Anthony Richardson relative to Hendon Hooker. I mean, he's got the big arm, he's got the mobility, I, I he's got some size. I get all that, but turn on the tape. Two things that don't lie. No, three things that don't lie. Kids, no. yoga pants, and <laughs> no what? Film, the mirror, and the Bible. Ask uh, who uh, Rodney Rodney Garner. That's what he said <laughs> before the Alabama game. Three things don't lie: the film, the mirror, and the Bible. So there, there you go. That if Rodney Garner said it, if Rodney says it, so it's so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Well, let's take our final break of the day. <laughs> Justin said yoga pants. I'm dying. <laughs> our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll get to um, our picks from Mississippi and Southern Middle Tennessee here on Main Street Sports. So we're going to Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Again, Chris Yow and Mo Patton here on this wonderful Thursday. If you're ever curious about what the weather is going to be like for the day, you can always catch me and Justin. Justin will tell you it's brought to you by Roy Meat Service every morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's a good plug there. Thank you. He says every day, Justin says, today's weather is brought to you by Roy Meat Service, as if it changes. But it does. If we're able to get into <laughs> today's weather as opposed to yesterday's or tomorrow's. <laughs> Oh, we, it's okay. I just give him a hard time about it. But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful day outside. It's going to be what, 60, 65 today ish. And uh, a beautiful day outside. So just throwing that out there in case you're, in case you're wondering, in case you're wondering. Let's get into some high school picks. Hey, what do you say? Loretto currently leading Summertown 19 to, it's about to be 20 to 20 to 14 now in, in game number two. Uh, the Main Street's preps game of the week. I didn't know we had one of these. Um, Lipscomb Academy at CPA, Friday, 7 o'clock. I mean, CPA kind of threw a wrench into things last week, right? Two weeks ago. Whenever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They you, did. You kind of got to pay attention to the Lions again. And. Yeah. But I think that being said, yeah, that being said, I, I think Lipscomb is just kind of a cut above certainly CPA and potentially everybody. I, uh, uh, they're, they're on a roll right now. Um, I don't know who beats them. I, I, don't, I think there, there is uh, one team in the state that could potentially play with them. And that's NBA. I'm going to say Oakland could play with them. Despite the loss to CPA. I, I don't want to take anything away from CPA. 
but I think that was kind of a perfect storm type situation there. I'd love to see Oakland and CPA play again. Yeah. But um, but I don't think CPA beats Lipscomb because I think Trent Dilfer will have his team's full attention, and I think CPA will have Lipscomb's full attention after that win. See what they did to Oakland? That's a, that's the thing. They kind of almost hurt you mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Engel would probably tell you that he would rather have won this game tomorrow night than that game two weeks ago. Ain't no doubt. So. I mean, it's a region game. It matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know how it goes. And these two teams could very well see each other again in the state finals. And Quite likely. So, yeah, uh, we've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've got Lipscomb Academy by like four, but it could be anything. I've got them by six. Brentwood at Beach. Uh, this, I'll tell you, I don't know what's up with Brentwood recently. As far as? Well, I think well, they beat, was it Independent 7 to nothing? No, it was Franklin they beat 7 They, they beat Franklin 7 to nothing. They, uh, you can't I, put I, anything into Brentwood, Franklin. I understand that, but, you know, you've seen independence a couple times i mean they don't overwhelm you they they could potentially win their region and be five and five mm-hmm. so uh, when you look at this game you i just don't know i still don't know much about brentwood and how good they are i think i think beach is really good and see that's the thing i don't know a whole lot about brentwood i feel like i do know enough about beach to feel like beach wins this game particularly at home right I, I'm I'm with you there. I think I think Beach wins by ten. I think you've got I them by three. See that I've got them by three. Um, Maybe it's a pick six at the end to add on. I don't know when Brentwood's trying to get down the field or something. In, yeah, get in field goal range. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Riverdale at East Nashville. This game interesting as well. I you know. Hmm. Earlier in the year, you look at this game and you go, man, that's going to be a a barn burner between two really good teams, and it still will be. Mm-hmm. But Riverdale has kind of lost its luster. Mm-hmm. They have. They have. Um, they've lost a couple of games that you would not necessarily have expected them to have lost. East Nashville has won a couple of games that you may not necessarily have expected them to win. I agree. And with that in mind, I've got – particularly at home, I've got East Nashville in this one. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, East Nashville was part of my my monthly trivia game that I host. The, the final question, category famous Nashvillians, with a net worth of $2.77 billion, this once most popular girl at East Nashville High School is ranked number nine in Forbes America's Richest Self-Made Women in 2020. The answer, of course, is Oprah Winfrey. Didn't know that she was most popular girl at East Nashville High School. I knew she went there. Didn't know she was like all superlative and stuff. So well, it's Oprah. Of course, of course she was, she, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I, it doesn't surprise me. I just didn't, didn't know. know. It. I didn't know. <laughs> so Meanwhile... Eagles. Loretto with a 25-19 win in set two. So 
all suddenly time. We've we've become a best of three. <laughs> suddenly we have. Uh, East Nashville twenty eight seventeen over River. That's what I've got. I've got twenty eight twenty. Tonight, Brentwood Academy and Ensworth. You mentioned this one earlier. I think this game could absolutely go either way. It was a coin flip for me, and I didn't go with the home team, which I normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, Brentwood Academy didn't let me down earlier this season, so I'm going with the Eagles. I agree with you. I think it is a coin flip. I'm going with the home team, the Tigers. Um, I've got them 30 to 24. Did you see where that – Girl from Innsworth was named the number one player in the country, basketball player. Oh, Jelani, Jelani Cambridge. Number one recruit in the country. In the country. That's insane. Right here in our backyard. I mean, well, we saw McDonald's All-American last year in Brandon Miller. So mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. It's pretty crazy and yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to go watch her, you should definitely do that. Um, Lebanon at Gallatin. Blue Devils, Green Wave, Friday at 7. Lebanon got off to a really good start this year, but I don't think they have been necessarily what was expected over the second half. And, again, based on Gallatin being at home, and strange things tend to happen when Gallatin plays at home. So I took the green wave by a touchdown. I I can absolutely see what you mean there because you're right. Um, that being said, big win last week for Lebanon over Mount Juliet. I think they proved to me a little bit what they're about, even though they did lose a couple games in the middle of the year. Uh, that Coffee County game still a little surprising. Um, and then you know Gallatin coming off that big loss to Beach. I, I got to go with the Blue Devils in this one. I know Justin's over there. Clenching his fist, going EP. Yes. Welcome to L. (laughs) Take this one with you. (laughs) (laughs) Handing them out, huh? (laughs) You have too many, you know. Smyrna at McGavick. This this game lost a little luster after the last couple weeks with uh, McGavick's uh, recent fall from perfection. Yeah. Um. Arian Carter kid, the running back linebacker who is committed to Memphis. Who um okay, so so this kid's committed to Memphis. He put out a top five in the last couple of days. And Memphis included, wasn't on it. And Memphis was not on it. It was UT Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Michigan. Well, if, if those if are I, the five, then Memphis definitely ain't on it. Yeah, but if I'm Ryan Silverfield, I'm mm-hmm. like, yo. Uh, is it safe for me to assume you're no longer committed? Yeah, because I need because to go I find can somebody give this, else. I can give this scholarship to somebody else, you know. But Smyrna's, I think, playing some pretty good ball right now with the uncommitted Carter and a few other folks. I'm going with the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, Smyrna's only loss was to Cane Ridge, and that's nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs as well. I got them 28-21. That's tonight, ah, by so the way. So do I. Well, there you go. That's tonight, by that the way. That is tonight. And yes. it's going to be at McGavick in case you're looking for something to do. Tomorrow night, Ravenwood at Pope Prep. The battle of teams without their starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So this should be interesting. Yeah. Um, Chris Parson, the Mississippi State commit, 
is not expected to play. Kenny Minchie, the pit commit, may play. But his backup, Chet Lax, had a really good ball game last week. I think he was a um, That's Main Street Preps Player of the Week candidate this week. Threw for like 325 yards, I think, and four touchdowns. I don't know who they played. Ox- Knox Catholic. Yeah. So, um, and I went with Pope Prep by a touchdown. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I went with Ravenwood, but I think it's I think it's toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ravenwood can shorten the game, and they've had a little bit longer to prepare. You know their their offense without Chris Parson. Uh, it, again, I think it could go either way, but I took Ravenwood mainly because everybody else took Pope. <laughs> All right, Emily. Uh, yeah. Emily actually took Pope Prep. So it must be pretty well split. It is. Uh, Ravenwood, three, four, five. Pope with two, five, six. So, yeah, six to five in favor of Pope Prep. And Emily being the tiebreaker. Uh, Portland at Springfield. This this is an interesting game. Um, I went with Springfield here. I think they win it. I think they win pretty easily. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think they win it without much trouble. I think Springfield wins it. I just can't – and it's probably that I'm not paying enough attention, but I can't really figure Portland out. Yeah, they've – you know, there are times when Portland looks like they're going to be really – you know, that, that, that they are going to be really good, and maybe they are. And I mean, they're obviously not bad. But, yeah, it's it's a team that – is kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. You, you expect them to be really competitive one week, and they're just not. And then they go beat somebody that you're not expecting them to beat. Right. So it could go either way. Um, that said, I think Springfield is a little bit more consistent, and that's that's why and consistently good. So I'm going with the Yellow Jackets here, and, and that's why I went with them as well. Uh, is that game tonight too? No, it's tomorrow. I don't believe so. Green Hill. At Station Camp. I just think the Hawks have a little bit more weaponry offensively. I think this is going to be a high-scoring ball game, but I think Green Hill gets it done. I've got him by a touchdown. I have Green Hill by a field goal. And kind of the same thing. I just feel like they're just going to get it done. Um, And that's Station Camp beating Portland last week was one of those games didn't expect Portland to lose, and so it – Kind of threw some wrench into the into the whole thing, but yeah, I've got the Hawks as well. Wilson Central at Stewart's Creek. Stewart's Creek has been another one of those kind of up and down teams, and they've kind of had a tough go of it. I think in the region with you know Oakland Blackman, Rockvale, Riverdale, and. This late in the year, they're probably a little. No, Wilson Central. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Stewart's Creek. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, Stewart's Creek in that region. I yeah, feel they're, like they're, they're probably a little down. beat up. Yeah. yeah. So on that, uh, so I, I've got Stewart's Creek. Um, I have Wilson Central beating Stewart's Creek in this ball game, and I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I don't. I have Stewart's Creek winning, and for no other reason than uh, I just. I feel like it's a home team thing. Uh, I went 
Listen, Wilson Central has a chance to, I want to say, be second in mm-hmm. their region. That region is kind of nutty. It is right now. With Green Hill, Mount Juliet, White County. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I was looking at it earlier today. Mm-hmm. Wilson Central, White County, and Green Hill, I think, are all going to end up finishing four and two in the region. And, Tied for two, three, and four, basically, behind Mount Juliet. And a coin flip is going to determine because who, they who all has, beat each other. Who has to play Nolansville and Page on the road? Is it going to be a coin flip? Probably because they will have all beaten each other. Now I don't know how it all else. Well, I think it'll go. I think overall record will come in there at some point once they've all beaten each other and they all lost to Mount Juliet. Then I think overall record maybe gets well, in there. I, I guess that just I'm not sure exactly what that comes down to, but Wilson Central would be would not win that one. They're three and five on the year, but all three wins in the region. What are region. the other two? Six and two White County, five and three Green Hill. I think Green Hill and White County could end up tied. So then it'll go back to head to head. And I think Green Hill beat White County. No, White County beat Green Hill. Did they? Yeah, okay. that's the thing. Okay. So so then White County could be two. And then it goes to head to head Green Hill, Wilson Central, which Green Hill won mm-hmm. and puts wow. them. Four. Either way, they those two teams got to travel to Nolan's on the page. Right. And that's not what you want to see. No. All right. Last week we were both seven and three, Mo, but you are sixty and thirty on the year. I am fifty-five and thirty-five, sitting in dead last place. If you don't count Emily Spears, and I don't count, <laughs> not because she doesn't, you know, just mainly because, yeah, she's doing it in a weird way. She has her system. The system. Her system is not great. Her, her system is not great. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Mostradamus um, has Columbia Academy with a 28-21 win at home over Clarksville Academy tomorrow night. Also got Richland defeating East Hickman in Linville 35-24. Page Independence should be a heck of a ball game. Yeah, um, Mostradamus has the host – Patriots winning that one 31-27. Um, thinking Mount Pleasant wins on the road at Spring Hill by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Summit at home against Shelville in a matchup of two one and seven teams. Look for the Spartans to pull this one out close. And Summertown goes to Lewis County and should be a tough one for the Eagles. Got Lewis County winning that one fairly big. Uh, Mostradamus was four and one last week's forty eight and nine on the year, so we'll see. Can't get those double digits, man. Stay out of the double digit losses. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find Mostradamus's picks at MainStreetMurray.com. You can find the Main Street Preps staff picks on MainStreetPreps.com. It is be on sure the front to check page. Those out and know before you go. There you have it. And before we get out of here, Summertown Loretto in, in set number three, tied nine to nine. So it's just going to be a good one from start to finish here, oh, as, it, it as, always as it always is. Exactly. All right, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow with our college football picks against the spread. We will have UT Martin play-by-play play play play. voice. Mm-hmm. John, uh, John Hatley will join us. Hattler. and I'm sorry, Hatler. 
he will join us and it'll be a uh, it'll be a good time looking forward to it so you guys come back with us we appreciate you guys hanging out with us we'll be back tomorrow two o'clock right here on main street sports Day, presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Thank you.